Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. of dating has changed. Used to, you just saw a girl that you wanted to go on a date with, you asked her out, and if it went well, you asked him out on a second date, right? You asked him out on a third date, and it became a relationship, and you could date without dating, right? You could go on a date without going out. It's changed. Like, my, my daughters have talked to me, and they're like, you were such a horrible guy going on all these dates. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's what we did. Like, we didn't have social media. We didn't have cell phones to text, because now you just talk. Everybody's talking all the time. And it goes something like this. I, I got this. It goes something like this. Boy sees girl. Boy thinks girl is cute. Boy adds girl to snap. They begin snapping and talking on Snap. They begin being each other's number ones. For all of you that don't know what that is, that means it's the person you snap the most. You go on a date, then sometimes you will FaceTime after. That's dumb. And then all this, all this is just the talking stage. I'm like, no, 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 no. Anyways, but you're not exclusive. From here, the majority of time, you don't get out of the talking stage, then what are we doing? But if you do ever make it out of the talking stage, you ask the person if the relationship, if they wanna make it official, exclusive, right? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I'm not gonna say I understand, because I don't. And some of you, you don't know what's going on, right? And you're like, what do I do? How do I conduct myself as a single person, as a dating person, and how do I do it in a biblical way? Because if we were to be real honest, the Bible doesn't have a lot about dating, right? They were arranged marriages back in biblical time. Thank God it's not now, right? Like, thank you, Jesus, because I would have hate to seen who my mama would have picked up for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's not arranged marriage. There's not a lot about being single, but can I tell you, there's a lot of principles that the word of God has for us when it comes to our relationships. And so my hope today isn't to like preach some messages out of this series that gets a ton of views and a ton of clicks and it's tweetable, no, 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 none of that. My, view, my goal is that we would live our life putting biblical principles that we become biblical in our single life, we become biblical in our dating life, we become biblical in our marriages, and we reap the benefits of following God's word in every aspect of our relationships. And that is the goal of this series. So today our, our, our biggest scripture is gonna be found in Philippians chapter one, verse nine through 10, and it says this. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and you will not only love much, but well. Love that. That you wouldn't just love much, but love well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. This is gonna be our main text for, the t for today. And today, this is my prayer as your pastor, that you wouldn't just love much, but you would love well, that our love would flourish and be appropriate, not just using our feelings as a guide, but that we're also using 
wisdom out there. So to all of my single people out there, I want you to lean in because this is for you today. I want you to understand if you're not in a relationship, you haven't been in a relationship, hear me today. If you aren't good with just yourself, you won't be good because of someone else. If you're not good with just yourself, party of one, right? You're not gonna be good because of someone else. To all my singles, there is nothing wrong with you if you're single. You're not lacking something. You're not diseased-ridden. Like, like we think we've got like singleitis or something is wrong. There's nothing wrong with you if you're single and you're in your 20s and you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s and keep going 60s, 70s, 80s. I don't care what your great Aunt Wanda says. There's nothing wrong with you today. Philippians chapter four, verse 11 says this. I'm not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Most of the time when we read the scripture, we're thinking uh, financial context. And that is a lot of what Paul is talking about, right? I've, I've learned to be content whether I'm well-fed or hungry. But this verse says this. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul was a single man. Paul was a single guy his whole life. Doesn't record anybody that he was dating. They didn't date back in then. You just got married or you didn't. Paul never got married and he said this, I've learned to be content whatever my circumstances. And this means being single too. And can I tell you, if you can learn to be good on your own, to be content with who God created you to be and what he's created you to do, then you will flourish and be fruitful where you are. To all of my singles out there, this is what I know about me, about you, about every single one of us today, you have a calling on your life now. There's a plan for your life now. So if you're a teenager today, there's a calling on your life now. If you're a college-age student in this place, you have a calling on your life now. If you're in your, I don't care. There is a calling and God has a plan for your life now. But here's what we do so many times. Well, I can't because I don't have a husband. Or I can't because I don't have a wife. Ladies, listen to me. You don't need a man to fulfill God's plan for your life right now. You don't need a man to fulfill God's plan for your life right now. Men, you don't need a woman to complete God's plan for you right now. You don't need it. Right? He's got a plan for you right now, but so many times we think, oh no, I've just got to wait. I got to wait. Wait for what? what? What are you waiting for? Because here's the alternative. If we're not fulfilling God's plan, we're forfeiting God's plan. Right? And why? Well, I, I, I don't really know. I just haven't met somebody. Well, who's the somebody you're trying to meet? I don't know. I'm just waiting. I mean, they, like, think it through. It doesn't make any sense. God's called you to be fruitful and to be a part of <coughs> fulfilling the calling he has on your life right now. But here's where most of us miss it. We think we're waiting on somebody to complete us. There was a movie back in the days, back in the 90s, um, called Jerry Maguire. You know this, where I'm going. And there's this famous line where Thomas Cruise, Tom Cruise, Thomas, that's what his friends call him. Um, <laughs> Tom's for poor people. Um, I call him Thomas. Um, Tom Cruise is looking at Renee Greasy Face Zellweger, and I'm telling you, I'm unfiltered today. Um, and he, he, it's the end of the movie, he's like, you complete me. And I gotta tell you, that is the biggest bunch of bull I've ever heard in my entire life, right? Like, 
Like, and some of you are like, and, and all the newlyweds are like, they do complete me, they do. Like, and, and hear me, I'm not coming against your, your boo, I'm not coming against your marriage, I'm not, but, but hear me, understand, as a follower of Christ, no person was ever meant to complete you. Right, there, there's never gonna be somebody that's going to complete you. That role is reserved for Jesus Christ himself. And only in him will you find completeness, will you find wholeness, and will you find your purpose. Now hear me, your spouse, your fiance needs to complement your life, but they were never meant to complete your life. The moment I put that kind of weight on my wife, Casey, I make our marriage dysfunctional and put her in an an unwinnable situation. She can't sustain, she can't meet that need for me. And some of us here, we keep putting that need on every relationship we get in and we don't know why it's not working. It's because you are making it dysfunctional the moment you get into it because you're putting a weight and a need that nobody's ever gonna be able to meet for you or meet that need in you. And hear me, man, if, if we don't work on us before we get in the marriage and we get into the relationship, the relationship's never gonna be good. Because if there's a bad me, it's gonna be a bad we, right? But if there's a good me, then we got a chance of us being a good we. So we have to make sure we're complete and we're content whatever our circumstance is, even if we're single, even if we're waiting, even if we're not dating, that we are finding our completeness, our wholeness in the Lord. Because if we don't, here's what happens. We become clingy the moment we get into a relationship. I hate clingy people, right? I, I don't hate you. Some of you are like, wow, that's harsh. I hated it when I was in a relationship with Justin. That was 25 years ago, and look how it worked out, right? Like, I, why do we get clingy? The only people that like clingy people are clingy people, right? Like, why do we get clingy? Because we're putting all our hope being complete in them. And it becomes dysfunctional and you put pressure and they're like, I just need my space, I need my space. But you're looking for something you haven't found. And hear me, if you're clingy and you're not complete, you're not ready to date yet, right? So now to all of my people that are in relationships, you're dating, you're engaged, even some of you are married, I got three things for you. We're gonna hit it quick. First thing is this, don't let feelings dictate your decisions. Emotions alone don't make for good relationships. I love what one of my buddies, Jody Parsons, says. Emotions are a lot like kids on a car trip. You can't let them drive, but you can't throw them in the back of the trunk either, right? Like they gotta be around in your life. I was like, that's great, right? And some of you, the moment you start talking, you start texting, snapping apparently, right? You become Buddy the Elf and you just are like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it, and you just throw things. My life is great, right? And I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And we're letting our emotions dictate it all. And, and hear me, today I'm not telling you you need to be in an emotionless relationship. That'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Like, I don't love this person. I have no feelings for you at all. I think you're the one. That's not what, I, that's not what I'm saying. But if we don't have a filter for our emotions, we're gonna love much, but we're not gonna love well. Right, Philippians 1.3 talks about that we need to use our minds and we need to test our feelings. There is a filter he has given us and it's his scripture that we've got to use to filter our feelings. When I was in college, um, I was sleep deprived most of my college life and that's when I learned to love coffee. 
And one day, I've been going, it's midweek, I was midterms or finals week, and I, I don't remember the exact time of year because it's been a long time, but I remember making coffee, I went to, I brewed the cup, I mean, I brewed the pot, I threw it in my cup, I, I'm walking to my classes, and I take a huge drink of this coffee, and I forgot to put a filter in. And I took it, and there was grounds all up in my grill. Um, and I'm sitting there trying, I just, I'm a sophomore, I met Casey, I'm still trying to impress ladies, and I got bad teeth like somebody from like England, right? Like it's just like, yay, hey, how are you? You know, and there's, there's, it's gross, right? And I took a drink of it, it was disgusting. I made a mess, I had a mess to clean up. Why? Not because of the coffee, not because the coffee pot didn't work, because I forgot something so small as a filter. Something this small, something this simple, keeps a mess from happening and enables me to enjoy my coffee every morning. Can I tell you, if you can get a filter to your emotions, it will keep you from making messes and will enable you to enjoy your relationships you find yourself in. And for some of us, we don't have a filter. We just go after what looks good, what feels good, and hear me, today you're not alone. It's happened all throughout the Bible. In fact, our passage today, Judges chapter 14, verse one through three, says this. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I wanna marry her. Get her for me, get her, right? Like, get her for me. His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites? Don't you have a family member? They're from Arkansas, apparently. Um, among or among all the Israelites you can marry. Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me and check this part out. She looks good. She looks good to me. Samson based his entire relationships, all of them, go, go back and read his stories. His whole life, all of his relationships are what? Were based on what looked good what felt good or what sounded good to him. And as a result, Samson made a huge mess of his entire life. Samson wasted so much God-given potential that Samson is probably the one life more than any other in the Bible. I sit there and ask, what if? And why did he do this? Why did this happen? Simply because Samson lived his life letting his emotions make all the decisions. And you can't have healthy emotions without a filter to them and helping you guide you through your relationships. And some of us, man, we just go based on our feeling. We go based on what looks good on what sounds good, on what we think is gonna make us feel good, right? But hear me today, just because they look good doesn't mean they are good. They may be available for a reason. Oh, why hadn't anybody found out about you, right? Like, like you're a little hidden gem in the rough. No, they're not, just wait. <laughs> they may be available all for a good reason. Well, Justin, here's what I hear. Here's what I hear all the time. Well, Justin, I can't find any good guys who are attractive, right? There's no good Christian men, godly men who are attractive. Justin, there's no attractive women who are godly women, right? They're, they're you know, I just, I, I don't know where to find one. Well, here's where I know you can't find one. Good never hangs out with wrong. 
right? So some of you, you keep going to clubs and Tinder and you keep swiping and you don't know why you can't find a Christian woman on Tinder because can I tell you, that's not where they're hanging out. You know why we do it? Because we want what's easy instead of what's good. Some of you are deleting your Tinder account right now. And are you going to wait on what's good? Because here's the truth. God cares enough about you to to give you and to bring you exactly what is right for you, not what's easy for you. Let's go back to our text. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 through 10. So this is my prayer. That your love will flourish and that you will not only love much but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings. Filter your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not a mess, not sentimental gush. So what do we do and how do we set up filters for our life? Let me give you two things today, right? Point three, set standards and stick to them. Don't talk yourself into what you know you need to stay out of. Don't, don't, Talk your, oh, here, here, and here's what that sounds like. Oh, they, they aren't that bad, right? This is, you haven't even started. We're, we're not even in the talking stage. We're just in the snap. Well, they're not that bad. Oh, she's not that big of a hoe, right? Like, like I, I'm just being real, right? That's, that's what we say. That's what we say. So we're like, did he just say that? Yeah, I got more. Set some standards and stick to them. Don't talk yourself into what you know. What you know this. You know you need to stay out of it. Right? Hey, dating couples. Set some standards where you're going to go physically. Right? You know what you should do and what you shouldn't do? If you wonder what's too much and what's too far, what would you be comfortable with me seeing? What would you be comfortable with your mama seeing, you sicko? Um, right? Like, what? <laughs> what? Set some standards up. Here's what we'd never talk about. Well, we're living together, but we're not married. Churches don't talk about this because they're afraid they're going to run people off. I'm not, my job isn't to get the biggest following I can. My job is to preach truth. And my, my goal for you today is this. Hear me, it's not being said in judgment today. It's being said in love because I want God's best for you. And you know the way you're living, the way you're conducting isn't God's standards, isn't biblical standards. So don't talk yourself into something you know you need to stay out of. Some of us, well, I just, I just, maybe I'm just being too picky. Hear me, don't lower your standards. Instead of lowering, lowering your standards, be patient enough for someone to reach them, Right? Instead of lowering your standards, teenagers, be patient enough for somebody to reach them. College student, instead of lowering your standards, you're not being picky, you're just being patient. Instead of lowering your standards, be patient enough for someone to reach them. Um, We did a series called I Got Issues a few months back, and in there I talked about I Got Trust Issues. And one of the biggest trust issues I have involves Instacart and Walmart Plus. Um, People that go around shopping for you. Um, because I don't trust that somebody's going to go shop. You can buy crackers and maybe some bread. I don't think you're gonna squeeze the bread like I do. I think you're just gonna grab a loaf and throw it at the bottom of the cart, right? I'm just being honest. 
but especially bananas. You know, I, don't, I don't trust you to pick. It's been 25 years and Casey hits it on the nose, right? Like she, she nails it on shopping for bananas and avocados, right? I don't, they're just gonna grab a green avocado that sucks, right? It's not gonna make any good guacamole because it's hard, it's green, it's not ripe. Like there is a art to picking avocados out and there's a part, an art to picking bananas out. My fear is somebody's gonna go to Instacart and this is gonna be the banana. They pick out for me. I don't want to eat this. And here's what I hear a bunch of like, like moms and wives. Well, that, that's good for banana nut bread. Don't throw that away. I've been waiting for you to make banana nut bread out of a banana like this for 25 years. Where's the banana nut bread? All I got is a bunch of gnats in my house, right? Like, <laughs> let's get the bacon. <laughs> And hear me, today, if some things aren't an option when it comes to shopping, some people aren't an option when it comes to dating. Don't be pickier about the produce you're going to pick at a grocery store than the person you're gonna go on a date with. Who you date matters. It's a big, big deal. Second Corinthians chapter six says this, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Hear me, today, if they're not a follower of Christ, if, they're not, if they have not surrendered their life to the Lord, and they're not a follower of Christ, they're not a Christian, can I tell you, this is the first biggest box they gotta check off that you have to set as a standard for your life, and the only person that can set standards for you is you. I can't do it, I would love to be able to do it, I can't. Your parents would love to do it, they can't. Right, the only person that can set standards for you is you. And are they a follower of Christ? Well yeah, they're Christian, everybody's a Christian in Oklahoma, right, yeah, 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 I go to, I go to that church, yeah, I go to church, yeah, I'm a Christian. Let's go back to last week, if you, didn't, if you didn't watch last week, let's go reference that. There's the fruit of the Spirit that as we follow the, the Holy Spirit, He produces in our life. And so many times we're like, well, Justin, the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. But Jesus also said this, you will know a tree by the fruit it bears. You know an apple tree by the fruit it bears. You know a peach tree because it's producing peaches. You know a person by what they are doing. And if you're already having to excuse their actions, you know. You know. You know they're not meeting the standard that you should set and don't talk yourself into something you know you shouldn't be in in the first place. Because can I tell you, when you put the filter of standards up, here's the benefit of it. Taking time to set standards now keeps you from regret and heartbreak later. Taking time to set standards now keeps you from regret and heartbreak later. Um, one of the times when I broke up with Casey, we broke up twice, we'll get into that later in this year, um, later into this series, maybe next year. Um, but um, as an idiot, we'll, we'll talk about it. But on my way home from college one time, I'm driving back, it's Christmas break, and I'm, I'm, I'm single. We're no longer in a relationship. I drive by this girl, I'm in my Ford Tempo, hot car. Um, and I notice this girl, I look at her, she looks at me, and like we make eye contact, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like it was a, it was a paused look. And I was like, 
and I sped past, right? And so she speeds up and like passes me and we look again, I'm like, okay. So this is, hor- this is what not to do in your dating life. I wrote, while I'm driving on the highway, hi, where are you going? And I drove up and I put this big piece of paper with marker up against my window and she saw it. And she goes, I'm going to Winniewood, right? And she, I'm like, okay. I, I'm, so I drive, I write, hey, let's get off and meet at the next exit. Drive up, she's like, okay, and we follow. Don't, don't ever do this. This is how human trafficking works. <laughs> Dumbest thing ever for this girl to do. We get off, I meet her, I don't even remember her name anymore. Um, I meet her and we decide we're gonna go on a date. So we go on a date, um, I'm a Bible college student, into my sophomore, junior year, I'm a Bible college student, and we go uh, to Interurban. Uh, we go to this restaurant and we're sitting there and she like orders a Dr. Pepper and then lights up a cigarette. I'm like, and I grew up in a house that if you smoked, you know you were going. Like, you just were not going to heaven. Like, like that's the house I grew up in. I, it's not true, but that's the house I grew up in, right? She smokes, she starts cussing like a sailor, and I'm like, I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I drive her all the way back to Winningwood. This really did, this really did happen. I, I'm I'm, I'm walking her to her door. She leans in and kisses me, and I'm like, I felt like Forrest Gump. I'm like, you taste like cigarettes, right? Like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and she says, this is when we're unfiltered today. Sorry, I don't have oral sex till after the second date. I went back to my car, I got some Listerine, I washed my mouth out, I was like, what is happening right now? What just occurred? I never went on a second date because some of you are wondering. (laughs) Just telling you. You know what happened? I didn't have my standards up. And when you don't have standards and when you're not picky, you will drift to settling for what's available. And hear me, when you set standards up and you put a filter to filter your emotions, it keeps you from making a massive mess and having heartbreak and having regret from what you did in a relationship. You know why I never went on another date with her? Well, there's a lot, but because she didn't meet the standards that I had set for who I was going to date. And some of you, man, you've got to place standards because I will tell you this, if you don't have standards that are fixed and set, then don't go shopping because you get what you pick, so don't throw a fit. You do. Last thing is this, the other filter is this. Go slow and get to know. Go slow and get to know. Proverbs 19.2, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. It's one of my favorite Proverbs. Excitement, enthusiasm, right? This is a good emotion. Can I tell you, great emotions, good emotions can still yield bad results. Yeah, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. Most decisions we rush into, we regret. We do. Most decisions we rush into, we regret. Why? Because hasty decisions, rush decisions are empty of wisdom and full of emotions. And the emotions don't have to be bad to lead you to a place you regret. I had a friend 
going through divorce, gets divorced, ready to date right off day one. I'm like, bro, go slow. Please, please take your time. You're not ready. Oh, no, 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 no. Several relationships, like two months later, he found the love of his life. I'm like, excuse me, what? He's like, oh, yeah, I found the person I'm going to marry. I'm like, whoa, whoa, bro, bro. Like, I know you live in California and people do crazy things, but that's not you, right? Like, come on. He's like, well, I talked to my 11-year-old son, and he thinks I should marry her, so I'm going to ask her. (laughs) I'm not making this up. So you're letting an 11-year-old dictate your decisions, and they've never been in a relationship. He's like, yep. I'm like, bro. Can I tell you, if time is your enemy, wisdom's not your friend. If time's your enemy, if you're viewing time as your enemy, the man, wisdom's not your friend. It's going to be against you, and it takes time to gain wisdom. Why do we become rushed, and why do we make hasty decisions? There's three reasons. One, we get impatient. Right? Well, I've been waiting so long. Justin, I'm 65 years old and never been married. Well, don't get impatient now. <laughs> like, you're 65 and you haven't been married. Availability. Well, if, if it's not this guy, then who, right? There's not very many good ones out there. If it's not her, then I, I don't know where I'm going to find another one. And then the other one is loneliness. When we get lonely, we make really poor decisions. And we start saying stuff like, well, time's running out. Time is of the essence. I'm not getting any younger. And it's like we, we're not talking about a burning building or defusing a bomb. You know, we're talking about like a huge area of our life. We got to get right here. It, and it always goes back to something that I say, and it's just so true. And it's one thing, one, one saying I really try to live my life with. When it comes to dating, when it comes to going slow and getting to know, and you're single and you're dating, no matter what your age is, understand this, you get what you inspect, not what you expect. You get what you take time to inspect, not what you expect. Let me throw this at all of our married couples for a second. You get what you inspect in your marriage. How's your spouse really doing? Right, not, not oh, I think they're doing all right. I expect them to do all right. No. You get what you inspect. And as somebody that is dating, as somebody, you get what you inspect, not what you expect. Proverbs 3.13 says, joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. Proverbs 4, get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom. For she will protect you, love her, and she will guard you. And listen. It takes time. I'm closing with this. I'm shutting down. It takes time to develop wisdom. It takes time to gain understanding and good, get good judgment. You got to filter those emotions. You got to ch- check those emotions. Why? Because Proverbs tells us haste makes mistakes. Enthusiasm without knowledge says this is no good. And then Solomon goes on to say, and then people get mad at God for ruining their own life. Why would God let me do this? God didn't let you do anything. You had a Samson moment where you went after what looked good instead of investigating of is it actually good. You get what you inspect, not what you 
expect. And here's why this is such a big deal. Because who you date is connected to who you marry. Right? Who you, you're never going to marry somebody you don't date. And I've never met a couple that's been married, that's had a successful marriage. I've never met a couple that regretted getting counsel. I've never met a couple who regretted taking their time to get wisdom, to get knowledge, to get understanding. I've never met a couple who regretted filtering their emotions so that they could get wisdom so that they weren't making a mess of something in their life. And this is too big of an area for you and for me. This is too big of an area that leads to way too much regret and way too much heartbreak for us to do it like the culture we find ourselves in. There's a better way to live this life out and he gives us a map and he gives us guidelines and he gives us directions and principles, but we have to put the filters in place. So my encouragement to you as your pastor is this. Don't just hear God's word, apply it today. Apply it so that we're not just loving much, but... We're learning to love well and appropriately. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I know we've had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs today, but Lord, your word says this, that your word will not return void, that it makes an impact wherever it enters in. And so I pray today that your word, Lord, would make an impact in our life, that it would bring change that it would bring power to our life and to our situations. Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, we would not try to make your word submit to our lifestyle, but we would reverse it and we would make our lifestyle submit to your word today. That your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. That, Lord, you have a better way for us to live. And it's not based on our emotions. It's not based on the Samson syndrome that we're going after what looks good, feels good, and sounds good but instead we're actually living our life after what is actually good, what is actually better. And this is a better way for us to live that doesn't create the mess, doesn't create the heartbreak, and doesn't leave us with a ton of regret. So Lord, I pray today, no matter our age, no matter our stage, that we would apply your word and your principles when it comes to this massive part of our life so it can lead us to a better way of living. We give you glory and praise. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.